The cottages and houses, the villages and towns, the streets and the communities. This is our common ground. Here, every hour is an inspiration. Every day is a legacy. Every life finds its foundation where we learn who we could be. School, where Wales was made. Where Grand Slam winners learn to play. Where Welsh artists, singers, actors, thinkers first stepped onto the stage to shine. They saw the world with new eyes, made hadron particles collide. There have been four Welsh winners of the Nobel Prize and someone, somewhere, right now, might be dreaming of becoming number five. And so it's time to make our mark. To say this is where our journey starts. It's time to show the world what Wales knows. How strong we can stand, how tall we can grow. That we've got ideas and skills we can share. What brought us here can take us anywhere. What vision will we bring to life? How far will our ambition fly? We're the world shapers, the future makers. We are Team Wales. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the PGC podcast. That was a slightly unusual opener there uh, because this episode is all about quite a special event that's taken place here at Cardiff Met and a special event that's taken place... I suppose, across the whole of the Welsh education landscape. Absolutely. Welcome, everybody. This is quite a magical episode. I feel very magical having heard that <laughs> uh, that lovely introduction. And I guess we should say it's worth watching the visuals that go along with that as well. Um, if you get the opportunity, we'll tell you how later on in the episode. But yeah, I feel filled with national pride. <laughs> there we go. We're all feeling good. Because at long last, the new draft curriculum for Wales has been published it's been let out of the door up to this point different bits of it have been the preserve of pioneer groups spread all over the place and not really anyone's known the full picture until this point it's gone out for consultation and feedback by anyone who's interested so if you're interested you can go online and see what our new curriculum might look like. Yeah, quite an exciting uh, moment in time. And I guess I should make a, or we should make a very premature shout out to everybody who has been involved in in creating this new curriculum and, and drafting it up to this point. We've met some of those colleagues on the podcast, in fact, two of them. Yeah, and we've talked kind of informally with others and we know that they've put an enormous amount of blood, sweat and tears into that. I can only imagine what it must feel like to see it uh, up on the web for all to see now. It must be really mixed feelings. So as part of that, uh, the Education Minister for Wales, Kirsty Williams, has visited us here at our humble university mm. at Cardiff Met. Yeah, she's doing a road trip, isn't she? And we were kind she of number is. two or three on her on her, on her, uh, her list of, of stop-offs. I believe we were the first university she came to. Boom. As part of that. Look at that. So uh, <laughs> she came and today's episode is pretty much all about that. Uh, so we've got a number of things for you, including an interview with her later on in the episode, which is rather exciting. But first, let's have a listen to what our minister, Kirsty Williams, had to say uh, today at the event in her speech. 
Well, thank you so much, Jochavarion. It is fantastic to stand before you today and to have this opportunity uh, to speak to you all, tomorrow's teachers, about the progress that we're making in delivering on our national mission. Those of you that are students, you are about to embark into a profession like no other, at a time like no other, a really, really exciting time. We're in the middle of the biggest set of education reforms anywhere in the United Kingdom for over half a century. As Elizabeth Phillips Hughes, that great educationalist, once said, education must be national and it must be in our own hands. Well, now it is very much in the hands of every single teacher in our nation. And as you take your first teaching job, I hope that you will want to grasp this opportunity and the privilege with both of your hands. And working in that spirit of cooperation between government and teachers, between Wales and the world and school to school, we have made significant progress over the last two and a half years since we launched our national mission. We are raising standards, reducing the attainment gap and delivering an education system that is truly a source of national pride and enjoys public confidence. And they are not abstract concepts or things that just sound good in a strategy. This is about making sure that our children and young people are inspired by their education and equipped with the knowledge and skills that they will need for tomorrow. I believe that education should help to develop those young people as confident, capable and well-rounded citizens, curious about the world around them, but with the knowledge and skills needed to change and to shape that world. It should help them develop as ambitious, capable learners, ready to learn throughout their lives, enterprising, creative contributors, ready to play a full part in life and work, ethical, informed citizens of Wales and of the world, and healthy, confident individuals ready to lead fulfilling lives as valued members of our society. Now I know, or at least I hope you know, and are familiar with those four purposes, but I make no apology for repeating them here today. They are at the very heart of how we want education in Wales to prosper. Now, earlier this year, we reached another significant landmark on our education reform journey with the publication of our white paper. This sets out the proposed legislative framework for the curriculum and assessment arrangements and placed those four purposes at the very centre of the legislation. Of course, this week, the new curriculum is now available for feedback and we're looking forward to receiving views on it from all stakeholders including your views. We need, I strongly believe, to leave behind that narrow curriculum of the past and move forward towards a curriculum that allows our teachers to do what they do best, to design and deliver lessons that inform, inspire and instill a passion for learning and creativity. Now I know that getting it right for all of our children and young people is what drives you and your colleagues. And that is why our reform programme is so ambitious. It has to be. I'm committed to a system that is equitable and excellent, that builds economic prosperity and social cohesion, and that helps our young people to be informed 
and engaged citizens. And my goodness me, don't we need that more than ever? In our reform system, we have to ensure that every child will count. And I want schools to focus on teaching and learning and to focus on the well-being of pupils and teachers. So, as well as changing the curriculum, we are moving away from a system based on rewarding performance on a narrow set of measures, which encourages compliance and bureaucracy, to one that will be modelled on evaluation and improvement on a broader range of indicators. Schools will be evaluated according to the difference that they make to the progress of every single child. Now, this is a culture change, but what is not changing is our focus on raising standards and attainment for all. In February, we published the details of our draft evaluation and improvement arrangements. This coherent package of measures has been co-constructed with the profession and with our partners, and they will apply to schools, to local authorities, regional consortia, and indeed, they will apply to the Welsh Government itself. Now, I've been talking about how we are supporting our learners in Wales, but I fully recognise, and our national mission makes it very clear, that an education system cannot exceed the quality of its teachers, and our new curriculum cannot be delivered without a well-supported, aspirational teaching profession. This is one of the most exciting times to become a teacher in Wales. As I've said, we're undergoing a period of radical education reform, which has the professional development of our teaching workforce at its very centre. Now, when you begin your induction period as newly qualified teachers, you will be using the professional standards for teaching and leadership. The five standards, with their overarching values and dispositions, should drive everybody who work with our young people in schools. The standards have been developed with the profession for the profession, and they focus on the range of skills, behaviours that all teachers and leaders need to prepare for their role in delivering the new curriculum and to reflect the key features of the self-improving education system that I hope we all want to see for Wales. We know that the teaching profession can only make its proper contribution to raising standards of education in our schools if they have the support that they need to be the best they can be. And the standards have been designed to support you through the changes ahead. Crucially, they also set out the responsibility of school leaders to ensure that all of their staff in school receive the opportunities that they need to become highly skilled professionals. It will be particularly important for you during, during your induction that you receive day-to-day -day support from a mentor in the school as well as having the classroom experience that you need to grow and to develop. Nearly a year ago, we also launched the National Academy for Educational Leadership, an organisation once again developed by teachers for teachers to support every aspect of leadership, whether you're a new teacher or an experienced head. The Academy has something to offer you. It'll support you to become a leader of identifying and highlighting best practice, whether that practice is from Wales or with an international focus. It will help us all to challenge the status quo, 
to share research, introduce new ways of working, but more importantly, it'll be for you to shape and form the direction so that it meets your needs, your needs now and needs into the future. I want to conclude by recognising that our schools are full of capable, talented, ambitious young people and we have a tremendous opportunity in Wales. We're bringing forward legislation, new policies and a new curriculum to make our education system amongst the best in the world. And to do that, to realise that, we need your help. It is you, as individual practitioners, as a collective, as our teachers of tomorrow, that can grasp this opportunity before you and to ensure that Wales's learners reach their full potential. So thank you. Thank you for taking this step to become the educators of our nation. The Ochval. So there you have it. A very rousing speech, a very receptive audience. And I've got to admit, I felt quite shored up by that. How about you, Tom? Yeah, I think the students made the point, didn't they, back in episode 16, that she does speak really well and really passionately about this stuff. She does seem to believe in it and and she's got the answers or certainly her answers um, very fluently. So it's nice to hear. It's nice to hear something quite encouraging. We obviously had lots of questions that we wanted to ask her and we were gifted half an hour with our lovely uh, Minister for Education. So what we're going to do now is we're going to give you that interview in full. Okay, I am very pleased and excited to announce that we have a guest, Tom. Yeah, I think surprised is probably the other word I would use. Absolutely. (laughs) So a huge borada a croiso to our Minister for Education, Kirsty Williams, welcome. Oh, thank you very much. And good morning to both of you. <laughs> yeah, didn't see that coming when we started the podcast, did we? No, and, and we know that we've got um, very little of your precious time at the moment, this very busy time. So we're going to launch straight in and ask you, why are we seeing this huge reform to education in Wales now? Well, uh, it is, I think, uh, a really exciting time to be involved in Welsh education. And you're right. I think we are in the middle of these largest reform uh, to our education system uh, certainly since devolution began 20 years ago and I would say uh, even in decades before that so this week of course uh, a crucial milestone in that reform journey has been reached with the publication of our draft uh, curriculum uh, which is really exciting but of course that's just one part of the reform program uh, that we are uh, in so uh, you here at the university will be well aware of the changes that we're making to uh, IT provision to ensure that we are uh, training the teachers of the future to be the very very best that they uh, can be as well as looking at um, uh, assessment evaluation and accountability frameworks Uh, so yeah it is a really exciting time and we've got to change because if we do more of the same we're going to get more of the same uh, results and we know that although we do have excellence in the Welsh education system that excellence isn't across the board we need to raise standards we need to close the attainment gap uh, for our students who come from less well-off backgrounds and we need to re-engender in Wales a sense of national pride in our education system and ensure that every citizen of Wales is confident in our education system. 
So it, it seems like forever that people have been cooking up this this new curriculum framework in their little groups all over Wales. And a very exciting thing happened this week, which is that you have put it open for feedback and comments from across the education landscape. What are you hoping for? Well, you're right. There's been a huge amount of work that has gone on with our Pioneer School Network. So these, our new curriculum is designed by teachers, for teachers, built for our children, and influenced from experts uh, within the United Kingdom and across uh, the world. And I am so grateful for those educators that have been involved in the process uh, to date. What we have published the week, this week is uh, the fruits of their labour, but now we need everybody to be a pioneer. It cannot be the preserve of a small group of people that have been involved to date. This is now open for all of our education system uh, for reflection, feedback. We want to hear people's views, but not just from teachers. We want to hear people's views from higher education, from FE, from employers, from the youth service, anybody that is interested in what we teach our children in our schools, we want to hear from them. And this period of of feedback now will be available uh, until the summer. We'll take those comments back on board and we are looking to publish the final version of the curriculum in January of next year. And of course, for us as teacher educators, we're sitting in an initial teacher education institution. Where do you see student teachers fitting into these reforms and particularly this, this consultation period? Well, of course, uh, their views uh, uh, and their reflections on what we've published this week are, are, are crucial uh, to us. The curriculum, of course, is hugely important, but we need professionals to be able to engage in it and to be able to deliver it, to be able to think about the changes to pedagogy that this curriculum will demand of them, uh, the new focus on teachers as researchers. Uh, So uh, obviously uh, our our new teachers are going to be crucial to this uh, process. In some ways they have the advantage uh, because they have undergone their training in preparation uh, for the delivery of this new curriculum. We can't also forget that the teachers that are already out there in the system. Now for those that have been in the profession a long long time they say ah well this is almost you know going back to some of the principles that we saw before the national curriculum but for some teachers who have only ever taught under the 1988 national curriculum I recognize that this is a big change for them Uh, and so that's why we're investing 24 million pounds in professional learning so that all of our teachers whether they're coming out of this institution whether they're already in the system you know will be able to engage in that professional learning to make the curriculum a success the curriculum as I said is vitally vitally important but an education system cannot exceed the quality of the people who sit and stand in front of our children every day day in day out and so we have got to get the profession ready for these changes too. One of the really interesting uh, concepts that Donaldson sets out uh, is this idea of subsidiarity, this idea that the curriculum should be um, autonomously in some way set up by schools to be locally relevant and and, uh, appropriate to the place that they are. And of course, that means that there needs to be an interesting approach, I suppose, to quality control. And Donaldson himself, I think, made clear a little while ago, didn't he, that that Estin and the relationship between Estin, the inspectorate, and those of us who teach needs to be looked at. What vision do you have for the way that the quality control works within this exciting world of subsidiarity? 
Well, I think it is exciting to have sub- subsidiarity. I, te- I, I meet teachers week in, week out who tell me that they feel confined, that their professional creativity is, is blocked in some way because they are forced to deliver the, uh, the long list, the bloated list of requirements that the national curriculum demands uh, of them. And sometimes they're doing that even though that they know that the children in front of them don't need that, don't want that. They need something, they need something different. Now, clearly, of course, uh, there has to be uh, quality control within the system. Uh, not only have we uh, published our AOLEs and our What Matters statements this week, uh, people will be able to see the progression framework that is published alongside, so where we would expect children uh, to be, and of course that's really important, and we will look to enshrine that in legislation when we move forward with the curriculum uh, legislation that will underpin our new curriculum. But you're right, we do have to have a new relationship, uh, not just with ESTIN, Uh, We need to uh, work really hard with our governing bodies to ensure that governors who are the first port of accountability in our system after the professional accountability of individual practitioners. So we need to work with our governors. We need to work with our school improvement services, uh, our regional consortia, and of course, Estin. You'll be aware that earlier this year, uh, having worked with Estin, the chief inspector, because of course they are independent of government, uh, we can't tell them what to do, uh, but having worked closely with uh, Estin, the chief inspector has announced a pause in inspections uh, to be able to create some space for schools but crucially he recognizes creating some space for Estin themselves and their workforce to be able to engage in the curriculum so that when they're going out to schools they too know and are well equipped and understand the principles of our new curriculum and are therefore able to work alongside schools and inspect schools in uh, in the full knowledge you know, of now the changes that we're making. Our new curriculum could be described as being quite progressive, as opposed to... Could be. It could is be. progressive. No as doubt opposed, about it. I suppose, as opposed to traditionalist. And we do appear to be travelling in quite a different direction to what's going on over the border in England, who appear to be adopting more traditionalist approaches. What would you say to anyone who feels that our approach is abandoning the traditional values of content and knowledge? I think this is a really uh, false debate that we have and a misconception and sometimes a misconception that is peddled by people across the border about what our curriculum is actually about. And you will have seen this week with the publication of the AOLEs and the What Matters statements. This is not a knowledge-free curriculum. This is a curriculum that uh, absolutely understands the importance of, of content knowledge, but crucially understands the principles of applying that knowledge in real-life concepts, developing the skills and attributes that our young people will need when they leave school as well as experiences so it is a false debate to describe this as content free this is a knowledge experience and skills based curriculum and all of those things are crucial absolutely crucial if we are to prepare our children to be the successful human beings we want them to be and for them to be able to contribute successfully to our to our economy and it is simply a a, a false description a misconception about what curriculum for wales is about to say that it does it completely discounts knowledge going back to the ite kind of world initial teacher education Um, I mean, I probably would say this, but I think we've got some really high quality things that go on here in terms of our teacher training. I mean, I'm 
I'm really proud of what we achieve. I get some lovely students through the door. They're fantastic. Just occasionally I will get one who'll say, gosh, Tom, this looks wonderful. Um, but I got to pay the rent. And if I go to Bath or Bristol to do my PGC music, um, they'll give me some money and uh, the grade requirements are lower. Uh, what can I do? You know, and I, I have an answer to that that I give them. Um, I, I'd just be really curious to know what your answer would be if you were co-interviewing with me. Well, I think what's really important is that uh, I think it's absolutely right that we demand high standards of the people that are going to go on to teach our children. Uh, You know, we know from some of the most successful education systems across the world, it is harder to become a teacher than any of the other professions that sometimes in this country we would regard as more important. So I have got, I I make no apology for saying I want the best and the brightest to train to be teachers and to work in our, in our system. As regards to financial incentives, well of course we do have a system of financial incentives here in Wales, especially in those subject areas where uh, we know it is really challenging to recruit to. But what's really interesting to me is that I have never yet met a professional that has gone into the teaching profession purely on the basis of financial gain because there are easier ways to make more money than being a teacher. The people I meet who want to work with our children are motivated not by simple financial reward but are motivated by the ability to work with children and young people uh, to be able to be to talk with enthusiasm about subjects that they love and to impart that enthusiasm and that love to other young people and to change people's lives. It is a cliche because it is true. Each one of us in this room, I am sure, can point to a teacher who at some point in their lives transformed their outlook. An individual, a professional that saw something in you or in me and said, come on, you can do this. And there are very few jobs in this world that after we have retired and have left this planet, that there will still be individuals who will talk around their dinner table about the effects that that person had on their lives. There are few professions that offer that opportunity. So yes, I understand that financial incentives you know, are important. Uh, we do what we can within the confines of our system. But I think in some ways it is insulting insulting to say to professionals who aspire to be educators that they are simply motivated uh, motivated by money. Of course, we need to do more to recognise uh, how we can enable more teachers uh, to enter into the system. And that's why uh, later on this year, we will launch our very innovative part-time routes into qualification that is specifically aimed at the fact that we recognise that perhaps for career changes, older people giving up their job or their caring responsibilities and coming back full-time to university precludes them from becoming part of this exciting profession and education reform journey in Wales. And and we're responding to that too. But, uh, you know, as I said, my goodness me, it's a tough job. There's no bones about it. But my goodness me, what an opportunity to transform people's lives. And I suppose um, recruitment of teachers goes hand in hand with the retention of teachers in our system. Our newly qualified teachers, I'm really proud to say, find that they're really well regarded when they get go to interview anywhere um, in the UK for jobs, indeed internationally. Do you think there's any danger now that we are creating a distinctly Welsh curriculum and the education system here in Wales is so distinct that our students might find it difficult to gain jobs 
indeed kind of nationally across the border or internationally? No, I don't believe that at all. I think that we are the strengthening of our ITE provision and the very high bar that we have set for institutions such as yourselves to continue to train uh, teachers uh, means that the graduates of this university and the others in Wales will be first-class professionals uh, that will have been uh, Im- embedded with uh, the, the, the attributes, uh, the knowledge and the skills uh, as well as the research capacity to be fantastic professionals I hope they stay here in Wales that's what I want is for them to stay here in Wales and to practice those skills uh, uh, in in our schools but I certainly don't see anything that we've done in reforming our ITE or indeed our curriculum developments that would preclude them from being professionals uh, anywhere in the world in fact I think what we've done in our ITE programme and our curriculum reforms will make Wales the place to be a teacher and I speak to professionals across the border in England who are intensely interested in what we're doing here and and it resonates with them because we are trusting in those teachers. We are giving power back to our professionals rather than having a a, a government or a minister that is dictating to them what they do in their classrooms. I know you've got a lecture theatre absolutely full of people yeah. raring to listen to you. I just, just have one very quick question. Um, based on a news article I read over Easter um, about parents in London who were marching against the idea that there should be uh, national tests for four-year-olds. And once I'd sort of finished face palming, uh, I started reading your uh, the, the, the curriculum that was published this week. And I note that it says we are looking to move away from national tests and towards personalised assessment. And I just wondered uh, if you could sum up what what you see and what your vision is for what that should look like uh, what i think is uh, what i think we need to uh, things are different in wales anyway before we've uh, before our reforms we have got to separate the principles of assessment for learning and accountability those are two very distinct things and in england across the way i think they have con- con- uh, conflated those issues which causes real problems for teachers and real problems for children we're investing heavily in online online personal assessments and it is a assessment for learning for to work alongside the teacher's own individual evaluation of that child and so that we can have conversations about what are the next steps to help that child progress that is very different for from testing or an accountability system for which those test results are are used to hold an individual teacher or a school uh, to account so very 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 different here very interesting. I had very personal feedback about online uh, adaptive testing from my daughter just last night. (laughs) Some really stirring sentiments there, Kirsty. Thank you for giving us some of your precious time today. Um, Good luck, poor bluck, for the way forward. Diolch Thank you. We'll see you again. Thank you. Thank you. And then we exhaled and high-fived and danced around a little bit. Just a bit. Wiped off our palms and and relaxed. So there you have it. I I think that she spoke really well, Tom. I thought that was a great interview, actually. And we did think long and hard about what we're going to ask, because it's not every day that you get to sit down pretty much unsupervised actually with a government minister i mean i half expected half the university to be watching us but they just left us do it didn't they they did they trust us consummately clearly uh, clearly <laughs> so i uh, i then uh, after her speech i bundled a load of student teachers into a room and shoved a microphone in fact i shoved my phone in their faces because our lovely yes. tom breeze was uh... <laughs> our studio was in transit at that point wasn't it because yes. we'd recorded the 
Kirsty interview on one side of campus and then we were doing uh, the next episode that's after this one over on this side of campus so I was hiking bags across and you very resourcefully got your phone out. Yeah so we apologise for any uh, change in sound quality uh, in this next bit but what we've got here are four PGCE secondary drama students Two of them you have heard in a previous episode, Brandon and Joe, and we've got two new recruits, Darius and Amber, who you're going to hear on this uh, in this interview soundbite as well. So over to them for what they think. Okay, so we have just attended a talk delivered by the Minister for Education for Wales accompanied by several other colleagues who, as the Dean said, orchestrated or the orchestrators behind the new curriculum reforms. I have with me four of my lovely PGC secondary drama students. I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves in a moment. And the question that I've got for you all that I just want you to mull over for a minute is, what are you walking away mulling over thinking about now? Now that you've listened to all of that information, what thing or things are really washing around your brain that has caused you to really think. So first of all, we'll just introduce ourselves. I'm Brandon. Welcome, Brandon. Thanks. I'm Amber Rose. I'm Darius. And I'm Joe. Okay, who wants to kick us off? What's going around in those brains? I was just thinking, I mean, it was interesting hearing from a a primary head teacher. Mm. And I think that the way that primary schools are structured kind of lends themselves more so to the new curriculum in their current form, in their current state. So I think it was really interesting to hear what she's done, particularly in her primary school and what other primary schools out there are doing. And for me, when with the issue of transition, and we spoke about how difficult that transition period is for, for lots of our students, um, I think it was really interesting to hear you know, things that they were doing differently, particularly things with no bells and, um, and how they were working in a different way <coughs> and really thinking about how we can take aspects of that in our current state within secondary and, and how we can kind of bridge the gap. So for me, thinking about transition is something that I'm thinking of more so than I did two hours ago this morning. Mm. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. She was very inspiring, wasn't she, Kat? She was. Yeah. Jubilee Primary. Definitely. Um, and not only the tra- the transition from primary school to secondary, but it also made me think about the transition from year sevens, eight and nines to then these GCSEs. And it's interesting to um, see how that's going to work if they are going to change. Well, they, they mentioned that it, it's going to be changed to 2027, is it? It's just interesting how... That's going to be a continuous journey, a learning journey. That to, period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm thinking, reflecting on that, really. Thank you for that, Amber. Well, for, for me, I just I thought it was fantastic to listen to Kirsty, particularly, and her mm. passion and knowledge. And as, as a, someone studying now to be a teacher, I felt she was speaking for teachers and has a lot of knowledge about teaching whereas you know I look across the border and I I wonder if that's the case so Mm. firstly I feel grateful that we've got someone who is championing the education system as much as she is and is doing such a fab job of it um I think she talked really interestingly the thing that kind of stood out for me was about um the curriculum only being as good as the teachers and cannot exceed so it doesn't matter how wonderful the plans are if those aren't being 
actions or there's a barrier there between the plans or, or, or whatever the curriculum is or not just the curriculum the education reform in general if that isn't translating into the classroom day to day within the teaching and there was lots of things that were mentioned in that in terms of uh, leadership but also development and, and things like mm, that professional then learning. professional learning um, and structure possibly you know logistical all of those kind of aspects then then it's it's never it's not going to achieve what we want it to achieve so there's <coughs> a, there's an element of these two things being kind of weighed up at the moment which is this overall vision for wales and the practicalities of of how we get that to happen and in the moment what's tricky is that we we don't know yeah. we're still in a position where we're, yeah. we're unsure mm. um but i i feel confident at least having Kirsty in control to some degree. Um, yeah. Interesting perspective. So still intrigued, still unsure, but we have a strong leader. So yeah. there's a strong mm-hmm. leadership. There's a lot of hope behind having her as yeah. the leader. Yeah, definitely. I quite like the sort of enthusiasm that was in the room with it, um, coming from quite a lot of people that were there and the way that people were talking about how excited they are about what was happening. Because obviously we're still training, so we don't really know any different apart from what we've done this year and I still find it quite daunting so I can imagine how people who've been in the profession for 10-15 years must feel so to see that they're sort of coming around with it and they're quite excited about it it's sort of giving me that push as well and to really start to think about all of us working together to really get the best mm. of the people through this curriculum so I thought that was nice to see the engagement and enthusiasm from everyone there. Mm. There was a huge sense of collaboration and yeah, collaboration definitely. is definitely going to be key and from government, government down really. There was, there was something which was about the, the post-ITE learning and training in line with other professions and I thought that was really interesting because as someone who's now looking at the next steps in terms of masters and things like that and actually balancing that up with going into teaching as a, as a profession in its own right for me now at the beginning of those steps it seems quite daunting and there doesn't seem to be as much possibly of an established route as for example like nursing or law or things like that so that that's on the radar I think is really interesting because that's something that I I didn't really think about until then but Mm. has kind of registered with me that that is is an issue and I think it's something that would be valuable going forward Mm, and I think it'll be very interesting for you graduates of the outgoing standards for QTS Mm. transitioning to the new professional standards for teaching and Mm. leadership to see where professional learning and that career progression that she talked about is baked into those new standards that you will move to in your NQT Mm. year if you are if you are staying to teach in Wales, mm. which some of us are and some of us aren't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's, that's another point. Sorry, you know, it, for me, I'm as someone who is going to be working in England post-ITE, I've, I'm really gutted that I'm not going to be here to be part of this journey. Mm-hmm. And actually, I feel like like I feel like there's a, there's a, it's a shame that there isn't the positions available necessarily within Wales to be filling, to be, for the people who are enthused about this, to be here and actually doing it and actually those people coming through lots of us are actually having to go across the border when we're the ones who I would hope have possibly the the energy and the enthusiasm to to dive in and actually embrace this mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure there's an answer to that but yeah 
but it's an interesting point that's got me thinking too. So I, I think we've got lots of thinking to do mm. post uh, post ministerial visit. So thank you to you all, Jack and Val, and you better go back to Pleasure. school now. Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love our students. They're great, aren't they? They really are. They cover themselves in glory. They're so engaged. They're so infused. And I, I have no shame, and I'm sure he won't mind uh, me telling you this, that uh, Brandon is actually applying for a job in England as we speak. And he, he's really in two minds about doing that now that he feels so shored up about Wales. So, um, you know, I, I, I gave him a big pep talk and sent him on his way. But uh, yeah, they are, they really are very excited about what's going on here. Yeah, that's what the minister said, wasn't it? She doesn't want them to want to go over the border. Um, yeah. It's quite nice because Darius said something very similar, didn't he, in exactly, that uh, conversation. Exactly. Okay, well, no podcast from us is complete without the famous regular short slots, well-being, shout-out and something to try. Uh, What we're going to do is draw these out of the material that we've just listened to. We're going to be quite quick about it because we're over 40 minutes already on this episode. So in terms of well-being, I think we had a nice theme there from both the minister, Kirsty Williams, and from Kat Kachia, the head teacher of Jubilee Park Primary, because they both feel that there is room to streamline things. Um, there's room to look really ruthlessly at what we're doing and cutting out anything that doesn't directly impact the pupils. And there was quite an interesting point that Kirsty Williams made, actually, and it, it was a semi-controversial one, but I th- it did ring true in a little bit of a way, which is that sometimes we are our worst enemies in terms of being so uber-professional that we pile pressure on ourselves that nobody's piling onto us. So without kind of minimising the fact that we, there are plenty of other people who pile on us as well, perhaps something for us all to do over the summer is to take that advice to heart, say that the minister said it was okay uh, to streamline and remove <laughs> anything that doesn't directly impact the pupils. I quite like that she says that she's setting rules for the lengths of documents that come out of her place. For the I like that well. too. I like that too. Hashtag Kirsty Williams told me so. Yeah, Kirsty said it was okay uh, to not fill in this spreadsheet (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) and I guess that's a nice segue to our something to try which comes from Kat Kachia in the vein of well-being um, she acknowledged in her speech that the most powerful or according to her um, and I guess there's a lot of research to back this up as well that um, one of the most powerful uh, mechanisms for affecting progress is about giving really good quality feedback in the moment um, to pupils in lessons so she's taken quite a bold step in her school and dictated a no marking policy yeah no No. carry bags of books going in the car at the end of the day yeah which is revolutionary really Um, is in primary i think we we're we're definitely going to want to have a deep discussion with her at some point i think so and and let's uh, tee up a couple of episodes time where we are going to be tackling the thorny subject of workload with some friends from the primary sector we are indeed so i guess our something to try is maybe um even just for a scheme of work is to not mark and to purely give verbal feedback mm, and Kat Kuchia told you it was okay in that yeah. case hashtag <laughs> <laughs> and finally it's our shout out 
It is, and and this is a big collective shout out to anybody who has a stake, has an interest and works within um, or is a parent, a carer, anybody who gives a damn, I said it there, gives a damn about education reform in Wales to have a look at the new draft curriculum and to engage in the feedback process which concludes on July the 19th. So have your say everybody. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where it would be easy to snipe from the sidelines about things. I think there's there's always going to be bits that people are worried about. But I suppose if you haven't taken the time to put your point of view forward, then really you, you haven't really got a leg to stand on if you're complaining further down the line. <laughs> Good point. Well made. OK, so that's a bit of a wrap, isn't it? That is a wrap. And that is not the episode I was expecting to be putting together when we started this way back mm. uh, la- last summer. So, uh, yeah, congratulations, you, for getting through that with me. Oh, likewise. Career milestone. <laughs> Oof, yes. And uh, let's just hope that my sacking is now further away than it has been in some of the more recent <laughs> Yeah, you were quite episodes. tame and I'm sure the listeners agree. Uh, yes, I, they, I was sedated for this one, listeners. <laughs> Okay, we will be back next time when we will be talking to some colleagues and friends from Teach First Cymru. We'll be looking at a a teaching and learning strategy specifically for trainee teachers. Please join us for that when it's going to be a cracker. Yes, but in the meantime, uh, get on the website, start feeding back and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. That was Emma and Tom's PGC podcast presented by Emma Thayer and Tom Breeze. The special guest this week was none other than Kirsty Williams, AM, the Education Minister for Wales. This episode was also brought to you by Ty Golding, Head of Curriculum Design and Development at Welsh Government, and Kat Kachia, Head Teacher of Jubilee Park Primary School in Newport. The audio at the start of the episode was from a video produced by Education Wales. Our student guests were Brandon Ham, Darius Nash, Joseph Pratlett and Amber Rose Summers. Thanks to the Education Minister's staff for listening to the podcast and getting in touch with the offer of an interview. We thank you a lot. Thanks also to Drake AV for the audio feed from the presentations in the hall. A reminder that the feedback process for the proposed new curriculum is open until July 19th, 2019. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review us and tell your friends. You can subscribe via any of the major podcast platforms. We're off for a stiff drink after interviewing a government minister. Until next time, take care and enjoy teaching. Mm